Benjamin Franklin once said, In wine there is wisdom, in beer there is freedom, and in water there's bacteria. No bacteria here. This is On the Back Bar, hosted by Christopher Menning, an industry expert, author, and bartender who's been in the industry for over a decade. On the Back Bar is your gateway to talking to the people behind the scenes at bars, distilleries, and vineyards around the world. We'll talk to the experts in the industry about future trends, people, spirits, cocktails, wine, and everything else. So kick your feet up, pour your favorite drink, and hang out on the Back Bar. This is Christopher Menning. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to On The Back Bar Podcast. Uh, this is Chris, your host, of course, and I hope you're all doing pretty well. Um, I'm so honoured and happy today because I have the the gentleman himself, Mr. Bischoff, uh, here joining me in Bangkok face-to-face. This is the first time I've had a face-to-face podcast, so thanks for joining me. How are you doing? Hi, Chris. Uh, pretty excited. Uh, first time to do a podcast, so uh, ah. uh, never, never done this before so it's uh oh wow feels, i'm, feels I'm like, even more on it <laughs> feels like something new coming and uh thanks for thanks for having me uh, i was just listening into to one of the podcasts you did with jesse before so just to get a feel on on how things are and uh great great to be part of that series and uh yeah let's do this thanks a lot man i really appreciate that well um we're obviously going through a tough time what is this the third lockdown for us i think it it is yeah, yeah. The, fir- the first one was uh I mean, that was the long one no one saw coming or so. And the second one was then um, a bit more derailing because we were just opening the hotel. Um, so we were actually highly motivated and super, super excited to finally open the hotel. But I think we'll come to this later. And now the third one is just really, as we spoke just before, it's a bit devastating. Mm. Uh, but we just hope it's uh, going to swing by quick and uh, mm-hmm. we'll get into good times soon. It's um, it's so tough. For those listening, Bangkok is like in a third lockdown and uh, always the first thing that happens is the alcohol ban. And I, I, I can understand in a certain sense, but then right now restaurants close at nine. So, I mean, are you open at all at the hotel? Uh, hotel is hotel is open. And I mean, globally speaking, or we, I think in, in Bangkok or in Thailand, we could consider ourselves very lucky. We still had a pretty normal life uh, we were allowed to go out to dine to see friends uh, to move around town to go shopping to to be out uh, to send the kids to school um, whereas other parts in the world I and mean, we think we're quite well connected in Europe where it's completely different or US so it's just um, now another yeah pushback mm-hmm. uh, a bit and yeah it somehow always uh, hits the hits the fun places or it's the hits the places of uh where, where socializing is a big thing and where you kind of gather with friends, family, um, restaurants and bars, but mostly they are the most controlled environment. So it's mm. always a bit, you understand, but at the same time, you're like, why us mm. again? Well, hopefully it's only a couple of weeks. That's what they said. So fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> so I think um, we've got a lot to talk about and uh, I'm so happy once again, but um, more than anything, I'm really excited to hear about your story of coming to Bangkok and I mean, it's quite funny because not only have you moved country, you've launched a new bar and you've done it during a pandemic. So it's quite a quite a hard thing to do. Eh? Uh, it, it was it was exciting. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it was I mean, coming coming from Singapore, uh, coming here to to Bangkok to to be part of an amazing opening of a hotel that by itself already got a little bit postponed. Um, but that's that's Thailand or so. that's mm-hmm. that's that's one thing. And then um, also having a very good uh, private uh, happening or be- becoming father at the same time when uh, the hotel oh, of course, op- yeah. opened. Uh, so and then pandemic hits. So uh, it was it is a new experience for everyone involved or um, taking the best thing out of the pandemic. I had time for family, uh, for my wife and for my daughter. Um, but that also distracted a lot from looking after uh, the team um, because they were also all over the city, all over the country, and staying connected with them um, and to keep them alive and uh, motivated. Uh, I had to, or I could rely on a very strong partner at work 
uh, Lily as an assist manager, and I was she was the driving force to kind of keep the team mm. moving moving forward. Uh, but to do all this in in pandemic was nothing. No one was uh, was prepared for. So we just had to live with it. Mm-hmm. The new norm. Well, um, as with most of my guests, I like to start with the origin stories. And uh, I'm sure there's a lot to talk about from your, you know, your time when you first got into hospitality to moving country and then being part of Asia. So wherever you'd like to start, it'd be great to hear about your journey. I just turned 30, so it started 40 years ago. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, F&B started in, in 2001 when I actually studied health management. So during my time studying, uh, a friend of mine asked me if I want to join a like kind of a casting for hosts and uh, service people for a five-day event uh, launching a car back then. Um, and I got picked to, to be part of that event to, to serve and uh, host guests. And during that five-day event in 2001, I met so many people in part-time agencies and uh, different catering companies. Um, and I found like this is a nice way and opportunity to earn money on the side. Um, and from there on, it was big events, small events. And then at some point, 2003, it was bars on events. And then 2004, I had the chance to join a club on the famous Hotel Adlon backside in Berlin. It was the Felix. And there for two years, meeting great people, having the chance to travel for the first time to London. Uh, traveled there like 10 times in one year because I just loved the bar scene. Uh, just sitting there, seeing what the guys are doing. I met a couple of guys around Germany that have been inspiring, uh, great, great bartenders, and became good friends all over over the years. And then, two seven, I moved to Switzerland. Uh, my my boss back then in the club said, "If you really want a career, just get out of the club, do something, <laughs> something different." So I moved to a hotel in Switzerland, came back to Berlin to work in a private members club. And then uh, had the chance to move to Frankfurt to, for the first time, be a head bartender of a restaurant bar, uh, which back then was one of the most creative places in the country. And from there, uh, I had the chance to move to Le Lyon in 2008, uh, which was that year awarded Best New Opening at Tales of the Cocktails. Oh, so <clears throat> um, working with Jörg Meyer back then was uh, an amazing honor. Um, still was wet behind the ears. Uh, had to learn so much. So a year there, and then I had the chance to go back to Berlin and open a hotel called Amano, where I stayed for five years. And I think that defined my real role within the German community, as well as then I had the chance to really meet international friends and had the chance to attend international events. Um, One of the leading prodigies I think I had was David Cordoba. He was always super supportive uh, in his role as a Bacardi Global BA. Um, Brought me into a big event in 2013, Bacardi Legacy, uh, where I all of a sudden ended up in a hotel room with Steve Snyder, Stanek, um, Chris Moore, and myself and Ajit Bose. And it was a secret pop-up for all the attendees. And I was like, what am I doing here? But that was kind of the, the kickstart as well to more international connection um, and then you know some some job offers that come came from abroad in 2000 I think it was 14 started talking to actually 2015 in February we were judging legacy in Athens uh, he was like you still want to move out of Berlin I was like yes I want and he was like Hong Kong or Singapore I was like what's about Singapore and he said uh, Manhattan I was like mm. yes please uh, so <laughs> uh, Having having the chance to be in a in a pool of people who have been interviewed for this job, um, meeting an uh, inspirational person called Martin Dell. He was the hotel manager at this time uh, at Regent Singapore. And after the first interview, like 45 minutes later, I was like, I want to work for him. And he really kind of expressed the passion about what Manhattan can be. And ever since then, it was like February 1st interview, March negotiating, April signed contract, May moved. Uh, I was quick. 2015, and then uh, yeah, it took me a month or two to kind of digest what's coming at me in Singapore. So team was super welcoming. Uh, the city was welcoming, great community. Um, after making a couple of mistakes along the way in, in the career and on how to lead teams or work with teams uh, in, in Manhattan, I tried to make it right and kind of 
stepped back first, uh, had a look at everything and everyone, and then at some point stepped forward and with the team together um, embarked an amazing journey. Um, I was for three and a half years, and then um, circumstances had it that there was a decision to be made to either stay in Singapore or to to move on, and I took the, the opportunity to stay with the hotel brand with Four Seasons and uh, become part of the opening team here in Bangkok. So here I am. Right. Okay. And how have you found Bangkok so far? I mean, it's a tough time to move for sure, but... I mean, luckily I've been to Bangkok uh, before. So especially mm -hmm. when I was living in Singapore, I was here quite often for, for work purposes, but also just to meet friends. So it's kind of knowing what I was into. But of course, moving here is always different than just hopping in and off uh, uh, or in and out uh, of a city. So uh, it's definitely different than Singapore. It's mm -hmm. definitely different than Berlin. Uh, there's every city has its pros and cons or so. And uh, as, as a young family, you might look for one or two different things. But uh, overall, community has been great. City is cool. It's vibrant. Um, and the project why we're here is amazing, of course pandemic all over the world um, derails your your expectations of what 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 comes at you or what you might have planned or so um, being here now <coughs> for sorry for uh, that time we just make the best mm. out of it okay let's go back to Singapore because Manhattan you had such great success there and I think um, Singapore has always been sort of the leader in terms of the Asian drink scene and maybe the one that started all here. But Manhattan is uh, it's a fantastic place. I've been once. And, um, you know, the food, the beverage. What was it like working there? Um, you, you we're overwhelmed in the beginning because um, you haven't, I haven't seen, I have seen places before and I've seen great bars before where I felt like, okay, here many things came together. Like people really thought about a lot of things, and uh, it was like the talent academy of the hotel. So it was just, and it was a, a team that was super, super passionate and was was trained well in the beginning. So, <clears throat> so everyone, everyone kind of is super excited. Um, and you have been given, or I had the chance to become part of a of a team and a program that meant to make people happy. And you just have to find then a philosophy and a vision with everyone. Kind of, okay, this all is more than just a bar. Uh, we, we have an opportunity to really bring this, bring our passion abroad. Or And then uh, we started kind of getting aligned and having so many young talents. Everyone has an opinion. Or so at some point you kind of have to be the papa, guide them. And once we once we had that and the belief that we can do something extraordinary. Uh, it was a role. It was just like really first recognition internationally came and that of course spikes or and that that uh, is such an amazing tap on the shoulder for everyone who is involved and people become proud. And I, the team was mainly Filipinos and uh, we had the chance for the first time taking them abroad to work and travel. So we had first trip going to Greece. It was the first time one of them really traveled to Europe for work. And also some of them had the chance to travel privately, but no one ever foreworked that someone, oh, I'm making drinks somewhere else. So, and that was, was a, an embark of a journey that was just uh, incredible. And then programming, Rick House. Uh, so the first uh, Rick House in a hotel, hotel bar, making the effort to kind of source 105 American oak barrels to um, kind of age drinks but it's a commitment of the craftsmanship, but as well as of the hotel. Or like having 100 barrels filled with alcohol is also a massive financial commitment. So there was a there was a belief in that project, and that really encouraged everyone. Like, okay, the hotel stands behind it, the company stands behind it. Um, yes, of course, we had to deliver numbers, but at the end of the day, experience first, and numbers will come. And uh, really turned around a 32-year-old hotel bar uh, that on days before on Saturdays maybe did something between eight hundred and thousand two hundred dollars into something that does a couple of million per year so it was wow. uh, it was it was an amazing journey with an amazing team mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and 
I'd actually like to touch on the barrels, the the cocktail aging. That must have been a huge management to sort of. I mean, how do how do you um, taste as you go? Is there sort of um, pinpoints where you you take it out, or you know? I mean that that's that's the fun part of it. Right. Also, the, the, the tasting um, and to find out, okay. Uh, two weeks in this barrel, two weeks in this barrel, two weeks in this stage. That's what you learn over over time. Um, sometimes we knew we can just leave it there for a month. Um, if we reused barrel, we knew exactly, okay, it can stay even longer. Um, I think the craftsmanship was really about, about trying and getting to know how barrels react with what kind of alcohol inside, with what spirits. Um, financial part is to explain uh, finance that there is also in a rick house there's angel share mm, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that if you have something lying there for a year things will if not much but things will disappear yeah so but it it was just um and it needed of course a mapping it, you need certain files you need people in charge so that also allowed us to train everyone in the team and especially in the bar team, kind of we rotated responsibilities. So it's not only two people being all the time responsible for the Rick House, but it was two people first. And then they trained the next one, they trained the next one, so that everyone at the end of the day was capable of looking after the Rick House. Um, Solera H. Negroni, um, I think they started with three or six barrels in the beginning, uh, ended up being 14 barrels uh, full of Negroni in a Solera system. And it needs two weeks, every two weeks maintenance plus topping up plus everything. Of course, that needs a lot of uh, logistics uh, and, and scheduling behind. But it helps you to, to train a team and to focus and to develop something great. Good. <laughs> well, you're in Bangkok now and you've got the new bar, Bangkok Social Club, um, which is a stunning venue. It really is. And the menu itself, I love the illustrations. And um, yeah, I was very impressed. Was there a lot of elements you took from Singapore to bring over here, or was it a completely fresh start for you? Um, I think if for for the entire concept, I think that started being developed like over five years ago, when when the hotel pitched for the outlets uh, to the ownership. It's about the design. You've been given the design story, and then you kind of okay, uh, it's a it's a yesteryears Buenos Aires uh, um, glamorous social club inspiration or sort of, of the of the time where <clears throat> people enjoy lives all over the world. Also you don't want to say just twenties and thirties because has been so and so times in the twenties and thirties or um, but uh, you you take that and then you start working on ideas for the menu. And we also have been working in the beginning with proof and co so it was uh, uh, some some great input from from them as well. And then you start thinking okay how the how do you express those menu ideas in drinks? Um, that is one thing, and that has nothing to do with, or not much to do with, what I wanted to take from Singapore. What I wanted to take from Singapore is what I learned about people, yeah, and uh, how to make everyone believe in, in an idea. Um, I don't know yet if we already succeed on that because it's so much uh, stop, go, stop, go. So we, we are not on a roll yet because of the circumstances. But I think the, the team is uh, super, super talented. and You have to kind of push that. And again, it's it's team sports. Also, we need everyone on board. So um, I wanted to take that that team effort from, from Singapore. And of course, consistency. Yeah? And uh, I'm a fan of simplicity. So keep keeping things simple, um, executable, um, uh, replicable, so that, that we can, okay, everyone can do it. Uh, without kind of bringing their their fingers or being not comfortable enough to to showcase or to present something. So, and I think that that kind of you have to share with the team. You have to give them a vision on on how simple things can be impactful. Uh, and that's uh, what I, one thing that I want to take. And of course, you put it into some nice glamorous shoes. We had the chance to work with some glassmakers that I used to work in Singapore with. Um, some customized things and all of a sudden everything falls together and uh, a venue as you can see um, appears yeah the glassware is great mm. i love the martini glassware yeah, yeah so mm. good and you're right the little touches like the the sort of there was a small carafe with a bit of extra martini in it, and it's such mm. a nice thing to do you know not not the first ones to do um but sometimes it's nice to take inspiration from friends around the world uh, because it's meaningful 
before and uh, not not been seen that often here in the market. So it surprises even experienced uh, bar bar travelers uh, to to pull off something like this. And it's it's the small things and being fortunate enough to have the opportunity to choose certain glassware, to choose certain equipment. Not everyone can. Also, we are fortunate that we had the chance to build something from the scratch and to pick and choose some nice things. Uh, uh, of course, you have to look into costs at some point, but uh, it's it's uh, it's an opportunity, and we tried to grab it. And uh, now it's on on people to enjoy it. Yeah. So uh, and so far the feedback is uh, very good. We're very happy of whomever we served. Uh, so far, we uh, we have good 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 feedback on that. Good. So let's talk about the menu. Some yeah. of the drinks that are on there. Can you describe uh, the layout and what so, people can expect? So the menu is uh, inspired by. So it's called PKK Social Club. Or so inspiration. Our Argentinian drinking culture is heavily inspired by European influence. Or so you have a lot of uh, vermouth, amaros, uh, bitters. So you have a lot of uh, Spanish and Italian influence. You have a little bit of North American influence, which allows us, of course, to play around with, with a lot of great um, products that are available in the market. And the menu is um, socializing needs a couple of things. So you need uh, a place, you need people for it to create a, a social affair. So the, play, uh, the menu is created around people, places and parties. So <clears throat> choosing some iconic landmarks around Buenos Aires or Argentina, uh, using some um, characters that definitely left their impact in Argentinian history, such as uh, Efa Perón or Evita, uh, the musical itself, or um, Diego Maradona. So we have a drink, uh, it's called Name Hand of God. Uh, with Even before he became the late uh, Diego Maradona, we had that drink uh, established on the menu. It's a blend of tequila, a uh, Malbec cordial, so using an Argentinian red wine, a bit of cacao, and then Campari, so like a more strong, powerful and irony approach. And uh, I was not expecting, but it's one of the most approached uh, or uh, appreciated drinks on the menu. Okay. And then, of course, uh, Martini, um, a hotel bar, a classic hotel bar should have a house martini. So we kind of try to find a martini for everybody. Because if you come into a bar and you say, like, I, uh, I want my dry martini, you have a clear understanding how you would like your martini but we wanted to give the people a chance to just like okay what's your martini uh, uh martini for everybody so it's a it's a more gentle approach on a martini not too dry um blend of two vermouth um bit of uh, bergamot healthy shit of uh, hel- healthy shot of uh, <laughs> 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 healthy, healthy shot of uh, uh, nice uh, long dry gin and mm. a bit of Moscato vinegar. So Moscato vinegar, okay. Yeah. So yeah. we were playing around with a couple of uh, vinegars before. And again, not everything is super new. Some things have been done before. It's more about the combination of ingredients and how we as a team feel. So the team was involved into the process of kind of making that drink uh, enjoyable for everyone. Mm-hmm. Okay. It sounds like you do quite a lot of blending. You said about blending tequilas and vermouths. Can you tell me the process of doing that? Um, not tequila, not blending, but uh, oh. the uh, but we we do a couple of uh, so we'll do our own house vermouth. So we don't make the vermouth, but we choose two, three different ones to get different layer different layers of uh, flavors uh, into into our house vermouth blend. So using some more bigger brands, and then also we had the chance to find some niche ones. Uh, we brought in our own vermouth from Argentina, so working there with uh, Sucardi family, so La Fuerza. Uh, we have the Blanco and the Rojo now uh, from them. Happy to be the only ones to to have it, to kind of underline that Argentinian theme a bit as well. Um, we brought in uh, gin from Argentina, Apostolis, uh, who's okay. made uh, uh, by Tato and his team, so the team behind Floria Atlantico. Mm-hmm. So we contacted them and uh, they were super excited to, to help us out with uh, that as well. So it was... Long project to get the gin in during the pandemic, but uh, after I think twelve months, <laughs> finally it's. Uh, Thailand is notorious for um, being difficult to get alcohol in here. Um, 
I think in this case it was the logistics, but overall I agree. Yeah, there's a, there are some challenges and some bureaucracy that makes it a bit more challenging than other places in the world to to get things in. I think there are already great products in the market, but sometimes for no reason, uh, some simple things are not available. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's a great back bar. There were some pretty impressive bottles I saw. So <laughs> what was that like collecting all these bottles and, and being able to sort of choose and... I think that was the most fun part yeah, of setting sure. setting up the bar or uh, look, looking around uh, town and seeing a lot of great bars and then looking at our architecture, looking, walking into into the main room of the bar and you see that four meter high back shelf. And in the beginning, there was plans of putting decorative elements and shakers. And I was like, no, uh, can we fill it up? like really light it up, make it, that's the bar or that's what people mm-hmm. want to see. Do we have the chance? And then it's, of course, about commitment well, because we're talking about a serious amount of uh, Thai baht or dollars uh, to, to fill that up, to stock that up and then to fill it up meaningful. Um, there is enough in the market to fill up a wall like this, but how can you kind of find some things that people do appreciate and people also uh, enjoy drinking? Or are excited about because they haven't seen it before. So it was a, what does the market want? And single malt whiskey is still something that um, is much appreciated. Also, focus on that gin, something contemporary, healthy selection. Um, but then, how can we also underline that Latin American inspiration? So tequila rum, of course, gets gets focus about coming from Manhattan. A little bit of American whiskey heart is still still with me. So we had one or two, one or two nice American whiskeys is there there as well. And then kind of going to to partners and surprise, okay, what can you do for us? What can we have that eventually no one else has? And then it took some time to kind of bring in one bottle from there, bring in two bottles from there. Um, and that was the the fun part. Took time like the Apostles Gin. Now finally it's here. Uh, but that was also for the team Something exciting because we definitely mm-hmm. have some things that no one has seen before, uh, and now the joy part is uh, going through in, in trainings and tastings. Uh, yeah, that's a fun part. The, the, the bottles. Uh, some things we have to motivate each other. Also, is like to sell the first shot, then we crack the bottle, bottle open, and then we do a tasting. Uh, so it's uh, we can't just open everything as much as I would. Mm. Um, and some things we keep for by bottle only, uh, so we had the chance to find some some more hard to get Japanese whiskies. Um, and yes, maybe one would walk in and buy it by the shot, but then the bottle remains open forever. So there is one or two things where we're like, okay, by bottle only, but many things are there really for you to, to try and be happy to share. So, Is there anything you're particularly proud of or maybe something you haven't opened yet, but you really want to? Hmm. Uh, I mean, in in terms of uh, single molds, I think uh, having the hand on a ball in E40 is something. Wow! Yeah. Some, something nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely hope to be there when the guest uh, who buys it opens the bottle. Um, make the celebration. Uh, so a, a release that they only did 213, 216, and now 219, and uh, being the only only outlet in Thailand who has a hand on the one single bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll make it available by the shot. Uh, the bottle went lost for a week at uh, Thai Customs, oh, so uh, <laughs> uh, it, it needed effort from all uh, from all ends, from back from the US, from the distillery and uh, the supplier here to to find back that that one bottle. So, uh, yeah. And other than that, it's more small things where we have some some nice tequilas from Ocho coming in. Um, then again, Apostolus Gin is something I'm very happy to to have. Uh, because it's a very interesting market for gins, uh, Thailand in general, and to have something that no one else has, of course, hopefully attracts one or two people to mm-hmm. to swim by. Good. So let's talk about maybe some of the differences you've noticed between Bangkok and Singapore. Um, aside from the COVID, actually it's a pretty good time for the bar industry in Bangkok. I feel like the last couple of years it's grown. Um, even now there, there are multiple venues opening up, and uh, it's an exciting time, I think. But... There definitely is a lot of difference between Singapore. What are some of the things you've noticed? Uh, in, in general, Bangkok is way, way bigger <laughs> than Singapore. Right. Uh, it takes you much longer to get from A to B. And uh, you, you you think about where you do a bar tour, for instance, or you stay in certain areas. Um, I think you have a little 
bit more different communities of bars or mm. uh, I think as as you said or it's an it's an upcoming and inspirational bar scene I think there's a over the last three four years so many great new venues have have popped up and everyone has been battling uh, the last last year uh, up to their best capabilities and some came up with great ideas um, laws of course are a bit restrictive and uh, don't allow like Singapore where Bottle cocktails, takeaway cocktails helped a lot of places to come through that uh, pandemic where we were a bit more restricted here, mm -hmm. um, where I felt sorry for especially freestanding places. They, everyone wanted to, or and maybe one or two did uh, <coughs> uh, in, in ways that <laughs> not, not published. Yeah. But, uh, and, and by all means, uh, please, please do so because uh, they all put so much effort in some of their own, I mean, same as in Singapore, but also here you can see some bartenders' bars where it's their own money, their own capital. They put everything in and kind of being now held back or even maybe worse by, by this pandemic. So I hope that uh, the city can recover, the scene can recover from what has been happening over the last couple of months um, because it's a it's an inspirational city yeah, with a lot of things to, to explore. And what I love the most here is about the variety. There's literally no place like the other. So every mm -hmm. every place is different, has different characters, different approach. Uh, even within hotel bars, every hotel bar, it, if you just compare like the four or five bigger hotels, every hotel bar has a complete different approach. So there is a little bit for everyone. Um, and being in Singapore a bit longer in, in different circumstances, um, like the community, it's a bit smaller. Mm -hmm. So you kind of move around a bit more easy. So you... It's easier on, on one or two evenings to manage everything, whereas in Bangkok you need a bit more time to to see yeah. everything. It's um, there's <coughs> definitely a beautiful chaos about Bangkok. It's <laughs> it's even now like I've I mean I've only been here three years, but I'm still discovering and learning. And yeah, it's it's a great place. Um, and you're right, there's definitely pockets, isn't there, that you sort of hang around with because otherwise taking taxis across the city to you know the next bar is so difficult, but what what are some of the places you like to hang out? Um, oh, there's a couple. I love. I mean, being in the neighborhood also. I, I love uh, Tropic City. Yeah, uh, those guys are fun. So good, good fun guys. And and one of the first guys I met uh, when I when I came to to Bangkok for for work, or um, one of the first major contacts I had here in Bangkok was uh, Jamie and the team at Bamboo. So mm -hmm. uh, if he's in town, I like to go there. Yeah. Uh, happy to have. Uh, I went to Q&A just recently, um, had a great time there. Um, hardly made it out the last couple of months or mm. first of all, due to the pandemic, but secondly, of course, to family. Uh, always enjoyed time at uh, Lennon's and Waldorf, um, being more a hotel bar guy. So Yeah, there's definitely a theme here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I have to go back out I haven't been in in a long time went to locker room the other day uh, we had great evenings at Vesper and uh, mm -hmm. find the photo booth where we did pop-ups with a uh, social club and before right. that I went there a couple of times and always had a had a great time as you say there's so many so many places to to explore so it's uh, uh doesn't pay justice to all of them that uh, not mentioned just going not out that much so maybe soon again fingers crossed yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll go back a little bit um because i really want to talk about teamwork because i think it's something you really strongly believe in and you mentioned that you learned and maybe made some mistakes along the way but um it'd be great to really delve into this and maybe learn about uh, your key strategies to build in a team mm -hmm. i think it starts off with making mistakes so uh when when i had the chance to take over the role in berlin as a also kind of a bar manager for the entire hotel and a hotel bar team uh, was assembled of uh, lots of talents from different backgrounds in Berlin, clubs, uh, freestanding bars, one or two hotel guys, uh, amazing um, Mario mentor back then, uh, Freebird. Uh, he was uh, amazing. He was throwing balls and you just try to catch whatever you can. Um, but then at this time, I thought I already have quite a good experience in like bartending and I was assuming everyone around has the same understanding of it so sometimes it felt like okay you, and you don't realize or oh, you're kind of running at your own pace mm. and expecting everything from everyone else around and uh, at some point you just look left and right and like no one's really 
with you. So and that kind of really opened my eyes. I was like, oh, okay, I have to change something and have to really sit back. And that, that took me it took me a while to, not a while to understand. To understand it was pretty quick because it's either they're with you or they're not or so. But then to kind of come back from that and kind of make them believe that you're playing with them and not just in front of them. Mm. So that that was that was like between two, twelve, thirteen, and fourteen, where the bar also was on their highest success and uh, international recognition. But at the same time, it was it was troublesome. And then when when I had the chance to to move on to to Manhattan, it was really like, okay, I have to do not make the same mistakes. I have to step back. Have to read the people. Try to understand. And in Singapore, I felt like I came into a team that was also challenging me a bit, which was great. Um, and then it's like trying to understand every single one. Of course, it was easier to understand the bar team because that's where the craftsmanship comes in place and you kind of connect with them easier. But then the floor team was coming. I was like, we're here as well. Right. So how can we how can we all merge together? And then uh, it's, it's a lot of talking. Yeah? And uh, here... Um, I think one or two things already started well, and I think we we have an understanding where we want to go as a, as a team, but uh, also pandemic and everything. There's no excuse, or but it made it a bit more more challenging. And um, again, it, I'm very very lucky that I have a strong partner at the bar who really helped keeping the team together while I was also looking after other things in the hotel. Uh, again, no excuse. First role is is the bar, um, but now it's about keeping it alive. So now it's about motivating. And the moment we open the bar, everyone sees what it's for. And if the bar is full and people are happy and you get great feedback, then you kind of okay, our our philosophy or role goes into in, into a good direction. We um, looking forward to create something great, and then you post again. So it's like that's why I said in the beginning, it's like this this. And you said third lockdown. This is the the challenge that kind of teamwork is there and the team has great understanding for them uh, among each other it's now how can we embrace it uh, to, to all the guests and kind of uh, showcase it mm-hmm. I think we just we're still on the leash uh, and on the how do you say we, we still held back we are not right. uh, we're not uh, let go yet okay so. I mean Lily she's a gem she really is I've known her uh, from her previous work so yeah, and uh, actually, all the bartenders, you can definitely tell there's a, there's real enthusiasm for what they do. So, yeah, it, it's definitely tough trying to keep them motivated when there's a lockdown, they can't work. So, yeah. That's, that's the, that was in the second lockdown the most challenging because the team was helping other outlets in the hotel, but not only in F&B, or we were kind of helping everywhere in the hotel. Uh, much, much appreciated. Or, mm-hmm. and, and they did an amazing job, but... Uh, how do you keep them motivated while they're doing something else for the for the hotel? And no one to blame. Or it was we are all very happy to have, in after the first pandemic, kept the jobs and and everything. Also, we have seen lots of colleagues losing their jobs throughout that whole whole period. So, but then again, keeping jobs is one thing. But you came for something else, or you wanted to contribute to uh, a great guest experience in a in a hotel. You wanted to make people happy in the bar. So. Um, that is where we have to juggle the most to keep that momentum alive or to rebuild it and to ignite mm-hmm. that fire again. So it's about now using every opportunity we're together in the bar, kind of, okay, trying this, tasting this, gathering the team. And um, there I learned that here, even more than in Singapore, I think I need to step up a bit more, but I'm excited, looking forward to it. Mm. Good. You must really like jumping into different cultures. And, you know, because you've, you've said you traveled to a lot of different places, worked in multiple countries. And is there something quite exciting about jumping straight in the deep end and learning about a new country, new people? Um, I guess um, I never looked at, at it that way. Um, being quite open-minded and born and raised in Berlin and kind of uh, coming from a very multicultural city. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been growing up with lots of uh, international people around me um, and then fortunate enough to travel thanks to my job uh, a lot around so always having sneak peeks on different uh, different cultures and meeting in our industry mainly amazing people yeah I think uh, we are very fortunate in, in our industry being surrounded by amazing colleagues and uh, who eventually turn friends 
So uh, learning uh, every single time I'll meet someone new or meeting friends back uh, around the world, I'm just, I'll try to to take the positive things uh, away and I'm uh, inspired by certain ways of hospitality or how, how they handle certain situations. And that, I think, made it easy for me to come to Asia, for instance, but I've been traveling to Thailand before, I've been traveling to China before, I've been uh, in other parts uh, in, in this world before. And then Singapore is Asia for beginners. Um, yeah. It is, it's like True. very, very westernized, very modern, has its uh, definitely, a, of course, Asian touches, but if you come from, from Europe, uh, it doesn't need that much adjustment. It's it's organized, clean, safe, uh, amazing community again, but it's English is the first language, so that helps you a lot, whereas then coming here, um, of course, within our hotel, lots of people, most of them speak good English, but language to express emotions mm-hmm. and to express feelings. Um, there sometimes I feel guilty of not speaking the language, so um, have to be very careful on how do you express things or you don't want to you don't want to cross a line and right. even if i don't mean but maybe someone receives it completely different so i think that's that's when it comes to culture that's what the one thing where i uh, i wish maybe i should have put more effort into learning language to be fair when it comes express uh, comes to expressing feelings and uh, emotions um and giving feedback i think there it's important that you kind of keep everyone or uh, have everyone keeping their face mm. yeah. yeah completely agree have you learned any Thai yet no <laughs> it's I mean I actually study Thai but I'm still terrible <laughs> I can understand oh. a lot but speaking so no, ambitious enough in the beginning to kind of ask for classes and everything and then um, I mean there's no excuse there's always time that you can make or um, but then of course personally things things change and time will be now spent uh, completely different but again that's not not an excuse i think at, at some point um there should be at least a couple of phrases uh, uh present and uh, available right <laughs> and it's more than just ordering food or so it's like yeah i can teach you a few after this okay <laughs> much appreciated no worries so i mean we'll wrap up uh, probably quite soon a few more yeah. questions if you don't mind yeah, please, please, please. um so i mean i think first step is trying to return to a sense of normality for the bar right for, for everything to be back to, to the way it should be. But have you got any uh, goals in mind for the bar, for Bangkok Social Club? Anything you want to aim for? Um, I think goals are to open and to execute and run everything that we have planned. Or so uh, when developing a bar, you kind of, we, we created like uh, a positioning, we created a, a concept and with lots of elements that we want to put in place to create great guest experience. And we are not 100% there yet. Uh, first step, of course, is opening. Second is to get everything in that we want to have in. And then third is to execute all those small little elements that we want to. And I think when we are there, then I'm like, okay, that's that feels like the bar we want to, to build. And then it's uh, to, to be there for our guests uh, eventually open seven days a week because it's needed and demanded and uh, mm-hmm. wanted and appreciated. Um, and then it's uh, to become part of that vibrant uh, Bangkok bar community. Uh, um, we want to add something new. As I said before, it's a, it's an, an amazing variety and there's no bar like another in, in Bangkok. So we just want to be part of that landscape. Um, and then of course, I would have liked to have the chance in order to to get some exposure for the bar. I would like to take one or two of the team out to other countries to kind of mm. um, showcase what we are what we are doing here. Uh, because even in, in our team, some people had been fortunate enough to travel already, but some some didn't. So I think that personally is kind of to the goal is to to grow people um, and to to pay back their their trust and their belief in in, in our project. And uh, in terms of goals, of course, I have people behind me that uh, would appreciate uh, also recognition. Uh, right. Yeah. And personally, of course, I would do as well. But that's not 
the main point though. So I think in, in times like these, it's about being healthy, being open and kind of delivering a product that we put to paper and now it's bringing it to life and everything else will be decided afterwards. Or it's it's people, it's guests, it's the community coming and enjoying and uh, from there on it's it's a journey. And if it's a good journey, then it's a good journey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good. So... I mean, you must have a lot on your hands right now. Obviously, a family man now, so congratulations. Thank you. And the new bar as well and COVID. And yeah, like, what do you... How do I word this? Has that been difficult to be able to balance family life and the new bar opening? Um, Or has Bangkok been quite an easy city to do that? I think um, in this this case, or if if I may say so, uh, COVID was pretty helpful. Um... Because it's, 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 right. it's the it's it's wrong thing to say, but uh, uh, it really for us it came at, at the best timing possible. Sure. We were supposed to open the hotel at the same time uh, my wife uh, gave birth, and uh, so it it helped us to get family life in 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 order. That, as I said in the beginning, derailed a bit from focus on on work because we have been all all spread out. But now. Um, being an established family, um, 30 months old daughter, still so many things to learn, but also having a lot of small babies at work uh, that are truly passionate. And uh, it's not only the bar, it's the entire hotel also looking after right. all all mixed drinks and all coffees, teas and everything in the hotel. So there's, there's still so many things to be done. And that's excitement. Yeah, And uh, I hope I'm, I'm capable of uh, balancing everything out. And only future will tell if... Uh, we all succeed in this together or I'll need the, the help from, from home. I need the help at work. It's not a one-man thing. It's a, it's always a, a team sports and it's just like, okay, how, how can we guide each other and how can we help each other to, to make that happen? Uh, excited for what's what's ahead. Mm-hmm. Or um, So far, I think um, a bit more than 50-50, I think it, it worked out pretty well so far, but uh, there's still some things that uh, need to be need to be done right and i guess you'll learn along the way <laughs> yeah we all do <laughs> yeah so no, sorry it, what were you gonna say no but it's been uh, a tremendous journey so far and uh, i'm grateful for people around uh, and uh, who who have been supportive and now it's time to to give back or something good good so i i like to think that you're um definitely an industry veteran and i think you've had some incredible accomplishments and and you're going to do even more better things going forward but uh, i think a lot of people in the show they listen and they're just breaking into the industry and uh, they they listen to the show to hear from people like you um so maybe just a few nuggets of information about maybe what you recommend uh, new bartenders to do now to get into the industry to break out to maybe one day end up to the level that you're at now uh, one step at a time. Uh, <laughs> right. No, I, I uh, way back also thinking I've I've seen a lot and um, being capable of a couple of things you always learn. Um, but as a as a bartender, it's like know your craftsmanship, know the simple things, um, get get the basics right. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, the drink is just a tool. Uh, as a, as a bartender, you're still a your whole store. You're providing an experience. You you're part of um, the time of the day uh, for our guests and our guests give us something that I, I consider the most valuable and it's the time. They choose to spend time with us and we should uh, value that, treasure that and be very responsible and careful about the time that they choose to spend with us. So we should um, put all our efforts in to kind of give them a great time. And if it's a great drink, it's a great drink. If it's a great conversation, it's a great conversation. Um, I love the progress in bartending and the usage of a lot of scientific equipment and kitchen equipment. But I always say, get a whiskey sour right, get a mojito right, get a daiquiri right, and then we can move forward. And that's, I think, uh, has been a generation of bartenders that is super excited about all the new things to come. Uh, Mm -hmm. But sometimes missing out the step of simple basics and basics uh, and, and simple drinks will always, they will always work uh, right. because you will still have guests that walk in and they just want a classic pina colada. And if you don't know how to do it, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's just like those those things keep keep it simple, one step at a time. Uh, never stop learning. Uh, never never assume you know everything or you have seen everything. Um, speaking from experience, or so there's always always something new to learn. Um, try to find people around you that uh, not only celebrate you when you're a bartender in a great bar. Um, our industry can be very superficial, yeah, um, and and living living a bartender's life or living hospitality, it's a lifestyle. Uh, it's more than a nine till five. Mm-hmm. So choose your your friends and your uh, surroundings uh, wisely if you have the chance. Or so you'll make good decisions along the way. You'll make some decisions along the way that are uh, you you remember for one reason or another. Um, so I think it's it's one of the coolest jobs on the planet yeah, because we have the chance to meet so many new people. Um, some of us are fortunate enough to see the world, to travel the world because of doing a job they love. Yeah? Um, but it's more than just making drinks. And I think that's one important thing for everyone who starts this industry needs to understand. I mean, for some, it's something to do on the side, and that's fair. Or um, the moment you really take it as a career path, either in a, in a freestanding bar or in a hotel, there's more to it. And it means also after leaving from work, it's uh, self-studies, reading a bit, kind of small things that add up to become where some great colleagues like Eric, Argo, uh, Giorgio, or even Jesse, uh, mm. uh, friends, they have been working hard uh, to get there where they are. Uh, long hours, a lot of commitment. Some of them at the right time, the right place, or mm-hmm. so. Um, but no one knows in the beginning. Okay, Philip, amazing advice. Thank you so much, and thanks so much for joining me today on the Bat. Thanks, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me, and uh, it's been it's been a great experience. So I hope uh, people had a good time and um, stay safe. Definitely. Okay. And for all the audience, um, all the links will be in show notes, including links to uh, the website of the bar and Four Seasons. Um, And yeah, once again, thank you so much, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. And hopefully we'll come to your bar soon to have a drink again. (laughs) Please. Great. Thank you. Thank you.